The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Happy April Fool's Day to all that celebrate. We will not be doing that here on uh, Media Noise. We do not tolerate foolishness when it comes to discussions of the sports media. Jeff Caves will join me to talk about making money off of Gen Z in sports radio. So often we talk about how to appeal to listeners in the future when it comes to this format and this platform. And I think the sales aspect is often left out of that conversation. Jeff writes some great sales pieces for us here at the site. I thought he'd be a fun guy to talk to about this. And then speaking of Gen Z, Derek Futterman uh, will join us. He is in New York, a New York native, a lifelong Mets fan. I want to get the straight poop from a Mets fan about this freakout regarding Max Scherzer's first game as a Met being on Apple TV Plus and not on traditional television. Maybe I am too naive to understand what the problem is, but there seems to be a problem. That is all coming up. But first, let's talk about this report from Kim Masters of The Hollywood Reporter that Bob Chapek might be on thin ice at Disney. Certainly, everybody has their opinions about the way, not just ESPN, although that's the one we are going to talk mostly about here, uh, but all of Disney's companies dealt with Florida's Don't Say Gay bill. Uh, Certainly, Bob Chapek came under a lot of fire for not only not taking a stand, but then really at every turn fumbling his way to try and make things better. This is coming off him really stepping in it when it came to the way he and Marvel Studios dealt with Scarlett Johansson and their financial dispute. Bob Chapek is a guy that has just created one problem for himself after another, and the speculation is that at the latest... When his contract is up, 11 months from now, he will no longer be the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, a company that, by the way, has only had two CEOs, or I guess three if you include Chapek, has only had three CEOs going back to before 1990. That's that's instability at a company that's not used to it. And I want to talk specifically about how that could affect ESPN, because Chapek has been very out front about trying to get a handle on how the most dedicated of Disney fans would react to ESPN getting into the sports gambling business. I mean, remember, when Walt Disney opened the theme parks, there was not even alcohol in Disneyland. Uh, if you ever, uh, or I guess if you followed the company around the time that they launched the Disney Cruise Line, there was a big stink being made about they are going to be some of the very few ships at sea that do not have an active casino on it. Like, this is a big turnaround. And my question for ESPN going forward, or I guess my question for Disney as it relates to ESPN going forward, is if you have decided that Bob Chapek does not fit the mold or does not get what it takes to run a company like Disney, I don't disagree with you, but I do wonder if you recognize how many doors he is opening in terms of revenue specifically for ESPN by not thinking the way the company has thought for so long about things like sports gambling. Coming off of the BSM Summit, I feel like I have talked so much about Generation Z's relationship with sports radio and radio in general. Jeff Caves, who writes largely about sales and the uh, sales side of the radio business for us, approached Gen Z from an angle that I don't think 
we talk about nearly enough, Jeff, and that is not just will they continue to use our product. It is how do we engage with our current clients to get Gen Z to use their products? And you came up not only with advice, you came up with a list of ideas for promotions for people to hit the streets with. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the thing we should do in sales. We make too many value judgments on our own. And I do understand we have to believe in what we're selling. I get that but also believe in what's possible rather than position what isn't. And so right, right. I, I, even when we're out selling uh, 10 to 18 year olds, all right. And I suggest that get your 7P, the midnight crew, get your weekend crew, especially the, the larger march, markets that have um, the 6A to 7P live and local or 6A to midnight and weekend shows, right. And letting the board ops take a shot and so forth, get them out there to some of these, youth championship games get them out there to be visible and i think you'll see a response and and i think there's a lot of ego involved why sometimes air talent or station people don't want to do that but you could put it on twitch there's just a lot of easy things you can do and try to just get more engaged with 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 the younger people you know, one of the things I do want to talk about one of your ideas specifically because i mm -hmm. think what it shows is a real understanding of if you were at the BSM summit or if you streamed and watched it, you know, you, you might've seen that new voodoo presentation where they mm -hmm. kind of highlighted that when it comes to sports, this is a generation that they don't like teams. They like players. They don't like games. They like highlights. They're not loyal to Fox or ESPN or CBS. They want who, or I guess they are loyal to who has what I want at this moment. And so one of the things that you put on here as a big promotions idea, uh, you called it draft games. And it was essentially you hold your draft party somewhere mm -hmm. where there is a side room where you could simultaneously do a video game tournament, whether that is NBA 2K, whether that is Madden, whatever. And I think this is one of the things that all media has trouble recognizing with Gen Z. We have to stop thinking the way they consume media is wrong and start accepting this is the way they consume media. I mean, your idea accounts for shorter attention spans. Your idea accounts for they don't follow sports the way the demographic we're used to dealing with follows sports. And neither would have we if we'd have had the same opportunities that they do. <laughs> right. right. Because these are better opportunities. You mean I can do two things at once? I can order a drink. I can have food brought to me. Uh, I can play Madden and I can keep track of when the bears are going to draft in the first round. Right. And, and I can do that all at the same time because I'm a pretty bright guy. I don't need to just sit there, watch television and drink beer. And, and so we have to understand that the opportunities that they have are creating a shorter attention span because they have so many great options. Yeah. <laughs> So get over it. You know, that isn't getting us anywhere anyway, but I've actually done a NFL draft promotion that we held to Dave and Buster's. We used the side room for the Madden. I was very fortunate. I had a couple of young guys, Chris Lewis, uh, Michael Fisher, that were uh, Gen Z guys themselves. They ran the tournament. I have to have to, I didn't have to do anything. And mm -hmm. we had a great turnout. We put up prizes and those guys were thrilled. They had a good time. How much of your ability to understand how to sell or to understand that at least you have to throw out any rules you learned years ago, how much of that came from how long you spent in a college market? I mean, you were in Boise for such a long time. You basically got to watch 
every generation come through college. I'm sure that has some influence on it. I, I think also that I, I try to remove so much judgment because it clouds opportunity. If you you're filled with judgment, and I know that having worked on the air myself, you have to have judgment or you don't have a show sometimes, right? There's no opinions. But when it comes to business, we have to understand without it, there would be no show business. There would be no radio. And so you must bow to the business side of it and approach it differently and understand it differently and try to work with the people who want to work with you. And it takes a different approach. And to me, it's just about having an open mind with your goal in sight. And that's what's important. We are very much living in the future when it comes to sports broadcasting rights. And I think we saw uh, both the good and the bad of that collide this week. I've got Derek Futterman on with me. Derek did not write about the Mets uh, debut for Max Scherzer showing up on Apple TV+. Plus, He did not write about the Yankees' pitch 70-day package of 21 games directly uh, to Amazon and nowhere else. But Derek is a baseball fan, and he is a New Yorker. So, Derek, describe to me the conversations you have had this week. I'm going to say particularly with your older relatives and professors about how they feel about this. I mean, sure, I can give you the perspective of a young adult here in the fact that, yes, we know everything is moving in the direction of streaming. And we see that with Apple TV and their Friday night baseball deal with Major League Baseball. They're going to have a doubleheader every week on Fridays. And obviously, they need to get big games to start their package deal off. And what bigger game than Max Scherzer facing his former team, the Washington Nationals, making his debut as a New York Met. Of course, he'll be going game two. Jacob DeGrom will be going game one. And the fact that the game is free right now on Apple TV, it doesn't require subscription at the moment. Uh, that is on the Apple TV Plus. That, that is a good thing because fans will at least be able to become accustomed to the service. But as it moves to a subscription-based service, we'll, we'll see how fans react. But I mean, it's certainly I, I an interesting direction. You. I got to be honest with you. I don't know. Now, look, it's better that it's free than it's not. But I don't think the problem for baseball's median fan, which we've heard for years, is what, 56, 57, yeah. something like that. I don't think Older the problem is the cost. I, I think the problem is how do you find Apple TV Plus? Like, And I'm, that's not me making fun of people older than me. That is genuinely, I think, baseball's concern here. I mean, sure. I mean, again, me being 20 years old or so, uh, Apple TV Plus, I, I can find it after a little guesswork, a, a small <laughs> headache. But for, for people who are not as accustomed, sure, it may be a little more difficult. And they have to make it so that it's accessible to everyone. And the fact that it's going to be free to start off, I guess, makes it a little less painful, per se, to find it. But it's definitely an interesting route. And with this new collective bargaining agreement that the players and the owners got done, media rights were certainly at the center of talks. And now we're going to see how this plays out. So Apple TV Plus is not like it's not like they are just getting this Mets Nationals game and they are done. You mentioned they have a doubleheader every single Friday uh, of this baseball season. We know that Peacock has a deal that is coming that is going to be built on late Sunday morning games, which is a, a very interesting yeah. time, I think, for a national broadcast. Yeah, 11 right? o'clock. Yeah. yeah, but, um, you know, it should be pointed out that that deal has not officially been announced. We certainly know that it is on the way. Um Man, what strikes me here is when you go the extra step that the Yankees took, where this package of 21 games that used to go to WPIX up there in New York now is becoming an exclusive property of Amazon, you are cutting into 
a really big chunk of the games that your fans could be watching on traditional television for that team. And this is the direction that I guess RSNs are fearing right now, that the right. games are going to be allocated to several different outlets. Don't forget, it's not just Amazon. It's the occasional Apple TV+. Plus. It's the occasional ESPN Sunday night baseball game. Uh, you know, you're going to see this being the future of how they're going to be able to make more money and allocate these media rights. And I can tell you, about one-eighth of Yankee games now being exclusive to Amazon Prime subscribers, I don't know how that's going to fare with their fan base. I know you said for the demographic that follows baseball closely, money isn't the issue, but I think still the problem again of accessibility will become quite prevalent, will come to the forefront. And you also have to consider when you're streaming something, especially when you're trying to go on a TV, you have to make sure you have the right television, the right network connection, so there's no latency and you can see the game smoothly. So this will definitely be interesting to see the feedback. For sure. I mean, that's a really good point that I hadn't yet thought about. Let's wrap here with the Apple TV Plus deal specifically. Baseball gets into streaming. Apple gets into sports. It seems like a potential win-win for both sides. But, you know, one of the things that we've heard about Apple TV Plus for years is that Apple basically had to do this plan, right, where you buy a whatever Apple product and you get a free year of Apple TV Plus because outside of Ted Lasso, Nobody knew anything that was on that service. I, I wonder if this is not so much a win-win as it is a lose-lose, because did baseball go with the wrong platform and did Apple go with the wrong sport? Well, here, here's the good news. A lot of people have iPhones. A lot of people use Apple devices. So it's not like they're going into something that's completely obsolete. But again, the thing is, if this Major League Baseball thing ends up being uh, doing really well for Apple and they and they are able to secure the games that'll draw fans and thus eventually subscribers, then maybe they did win in this case. But if it completely flops and it turns out that people are just not tuning in to those games or maybe they're turning back to the radio, don't forget the games are always on the radio. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be interesting. We may see more of that demographic in the late 50s, early 60s decide, hey, the game's on a streaming service tonight. I don't want to deal with all of it. I'm going to go listen to it on the radio. It's interesting you say that. Like, you grew up uh, way too late and in the wrong part of the country to remember college football TV bands, uh, where the only way you were consuming that team is on the radio because they were not allowed to be on television. Mm, I mean, I I can't relate. (laughs) I cannot relate in the Northeast. All right, that is where we are going to put a pin in it for today. Thanks so much to Derek. Thanks so much to Jeff, both of them taking time out of their days uh, to talk with us. I guess by the time, well, not by the time you hear this, by the time you hear the next episode, we will have seen the Final Four in the National Championship game, and who knows, maybe we will have something to talk about related to television send-off for Mike Krzyzewski. Talk to you then, everybody. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review, and check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.